chapter. Alrighty, this is unit two, chapter four, elimination. So as they say on the reality shows, elimination round. <laughs> I just want you to think of this every time you hear that on a show from now on forever. So lots of revelations in this chapter all about movement. <laughs> So many people have only one bowel movement per day, or I don't know if this is possible, but she says, or one per week. That sounds painful. <laughs> like you couldn't, it sounds like you couldn't sit in your car. I don't know. She says, ideally a person should have a bowel movement after each meal or three per day. Less than three, two to three bowel movements per day results in inefficient cleansing of the colon. It allows the waste matter to putrefy or rot in the colon. Degrading matter then leaches toxic gases and liquids back into the bloodstream. And of course, poor elimination has been shown to contribute to many health conditions. So for our entire digestive system to work properly, elimination must work at optimum. Because otherwise, you know, you've got the whole system functioning perfectly and then it all gets to the back door and can't get out. So then, you know, <laughs> boop, 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 backs up the system. My sister just had to pay several thousand dollars because um, they bought a house in Georgia about two years ago, I think. And the toilet just stopped flushing the other day. Just stopped. It's been fine. And then just suddenly stopped flushing. So a guy came in and did a, like he sent a camera down there. There was an entire tree wrapped around and in the um, pipe. And she was, she was like, how was it even flushing up until now? Like they'd been feeding this tree. <laughs> it was horrifying. But, you know, as perfectly and well as she was dumping things down, she was using the perfect non-toxic thieves cleaner to clean her toilet because it couldn't get out. <laughs> it did her no good. <laughs> so we got to clear out this space in order for all this delicious, healthy food that we're eating to really do the best. Um, she sent us pictures of the trees. It literally, I don't know if anyone grew up on veggie tales, but if you watch the rumor weed episode, <laughs> Just imagine that in and under and wrapped around and crushing the pipe of the toilet. It was horrible and scary. So two of the most important items, obviously water and fiber. Water, without enough water, feces are hard, dry, rocks. Um, without enough fiber, it's just puddles, <laughs> liquid. <laughs> Too little of both and the colon doesn't have what it needs to basically scrub the uh, walls clean. Your colon is self-cleaning just like your Vitamix. And however, when they say the Vitamix is self-cleaning, <laughs> it uh, sadly, what I learned when I bought it was it does not go to the sink and fill itself with water and soap. You still have to put the water and soap in it and turn it on. <laughs> so your colon's kind of the same as your Vitamix. All right, constipation is what happens when our elimination doesn't happen and food blocks up parts of our colon. So this usually happens in, in the descending and sigmoid colon. 
and obstructions are typically formed by overcooked mucus forming pasty foods. We don't get obstructions um, from our delicious, nutritious, clean, healthy food. Um, the, <laughs> a lot of people, when they start gaps, they're coming off of, you know, the mucus forming pasty overcooked foods. And then they start, you know, week one is like 90% broth and vegetables cooked in broth. So lots of fiber and tons of liquid and a common side effect is, uh, my area. <laughs> they're basically doing like a gentle colon cleanse right there. And, um, happily I, I feel like we must eat pretty clean because that did not happen to any of us in this house that started gaps either that or we totally did it wrong <laughs> one of the two so I actually pulled this book back out for this chapter I know we all fell in love with this book over the last few months we never talked about toilets so much in our lives especially on tv but um there is a chapter in here all about the colon cleanse which is the first cleanse you will ever do of any kinds of cleanse young living has a protocol for it you will not find the protocol anywhere on young living it's basically impossible to find unless you get this book and read the chapter and you're like oh there's actually a way to do this and use these supplements that Young Living sells that nobody knows about, except the people who've been in Young Living for like 20 years and they buy it out of stock as soon as it comes in. Did you know that the colon cleanse was required for members when they first joined Young Living back in the day? Because Gary Young said, what's the point of eating all this healthy food and taking all these oils if you've just got freaking tree roots backed up your pipes? What's the point? <laughs> So Gary, well, I imagine when he first, because in, in, in the book, he has that like clinic. So I yeah. imagine like people had come because specifically like joining because they right. wanted to change their life. It wasn't like a lot of people now, they just want to replace their candles or they just want another thing to be smelling or oh. whatever. But yeah. back then, I think that people, it was a lot less of like a trendy thing. And it was like people who really wanted to change their yep. health and I'm there's still obviously tons of people out there that really want to change their health so it does it makes sense to like talk about that but I think <clears throat> on the business side that's probably not something we want to talk about right away <laughs> just gonna bring them in <laughs> let's uh, post a picture of that mucoid clock and people will be signing up in drones but for real Young Living started as a supplement company and then Gary Young was just blown away by how oils literally just blew everything else, you know, dried up herbs out of the water. And he had to incorporate oils into life and into the supplements. And that's where it all began. And now we have diffusers. So, um, do you know, the starter kit actually used to cost more. You got less oils and you had to buy the diffuser after the fact. It did not come with the diffuser. What Adelaide says, what? So I brought this out because in the colon cleanse protocol, she actually gives you a protocol to start with. And she says, if you've been doing all this for a week and still haven't achieved two or three bowel movements a day, and then she proceeds to give you more of a protocol to get that to happen. And um, she talks about dehydration being a problem with people trying to get the regular bowel movements. She also says, as a matter of fact, most people carry around at least seven pounds of stagnant, impacted fecal matter in their colons. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so you cleanse to achieve the goal of two to three bowel movements a day, fast, easy to pass, 
I remember reading this specific, literally this very sentence on Zoom. I, I know where I was sitting. I know what time of day it was. <laughs> and she said, um, you should cleanse, follow this protocol of cleansing until you pass what is described as the lining coating the bowel. In other words, the mucoid plaque. And then she describes it. So you can enjoy that for yourself on page 31 of the Inner Transformations Using Essential Oils, which is a protocol book with a chapter for every organ under the sun, organs you didn't know you had, organs you didn't know you wanted. All right. So <laughs> there are two types of fiber. Soluble fiber is soft, helps to soften the stool, absorbs waste like a sponge. And insoluble fiber, which passes through the colon largely unchanged, adds bulk to stools, which in turn helps to stimulate bowel contractions and scours the colon like a scrub brush. Yum. So the average American consumes about five to 14 grams of fiber today. She says this may be related to a lot of the sig uh, significant number of the health issues that are common in America, including and not limited to constipation, diabetes, type two, obesity, cancers, heart disease, just because uh, like she said, the toxins can leak back into our bloodstream and all, you know, you can't, you know, the tree roots backed up into the pipe, nothing can get out. So problems. Um, there are different recommendations based on your gender and age. On average, adults need 20 to 30 grams of fiber today. Remember the average American is taking five to 14 recommended is 20 to 30. That's like half. <laughs> and then for a child, it's not super well established, but they're recommending probably 15 to 20 grams. If you're not used to eating this much fiber, you will bloat. You may even cramp as your colon wakes up and is full of cleansing fiber, but this will pass. There is an appendix, Appendix K in the book that lists um, high fiber foods. Elaine, do you mind flip? I, I just can't flip to it with this child on me. Do you mind flipping in the um, textbook to Appendix K and then in a minute, just jump in and read us a couple of the high fiber foods Cross, yes. So some helpful tips to add fiber in since average Americans, we all need to, and people are gonna ask you, how do I add fiber in? You all on here, obviously all add fiber in and drink plenty of, or drink plenty of fiber, you eat plenty of fiber, but um, people are gonna ask you. So here's some tips you can give them. Increase slowly. So if you know how much you're currently eating, then you can like know how much to slowly increase. Um, drink a lot of water. Don't add too much too quickly. More is not always better. <laughs> and creative ways to add fiber, um, find creative ways to add fiber to your meal time. Um, Elaine, do you want to read a couple of those? Yeah, let me jump in right now. So um, almonds, apples, apricots or apricots, depending upon where you live, dried, of course, baked beans, baked potato with skin, bananas, broccoli, raw or cooked, but don't eat it raw if you have Hashimoto's, cabbage, okay. Okay. carrots, cauliflower, don't eat that raw either, 
chia seeds. So a creative way for chia seeds is just throw them in your shakes or throw them on top of your yogurt or in your cereal or into muffins or whatever. You can definitely hide those everywhere. Yum. Chickpea hummus dip, uh, dried figs, flaxseed, flaxseed much like um, chia seed, grapes, cooked lentils, oats, oranges, peaches, peanuts, pears, peas, prunes. It's funny because all the peas. So when my daughter was an infant, she had constipation really bad. And of course, you're not really giving a lot of water to infants, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they told me that I should be giving her anything that starts with a pea. Really? Plums, peas. Yeah, the peas. Uh, sunflower seeds, wheat bran. Okay, this one I don't like. White bread store-bought. What? Yeah, I guess because they enrich it with fiber, right? But we don't want that. Why would you eat that, though? <laughs> I don't know. Whole grain bread, store-bought, or whole grain bread, homemade. So what's interesting is the amount uh -oh. of... The amount to eat for 10 grams of fiber, and they give you that in this book, in the appendix, it says for white bread, in order to get 10, store-bought, to get 10 grams of fiber, you have to eat 15 slices. What? Whole grain bread, whole, to get 10 grams. Whole grain bread, store-bought, you need to eat five slices, but <laughs> if you eat whole grain bread homemade, you only have to eat three slices snap yeah even even whole grain flour has been um refined versus like yep. granite yourself in the vitamins yeah so. i love that yep. um yes uh word to the wise if you are buying flour i think most of us on here are gluten-free but if somebody watching the replay is buying um bread be forewarned that they'll have it stay made with whole grains that can mean there's like a teaspoon of whole grains in there and the rest is white flour. So then but not uh, only, but not only like say it doesn't have like, you know, really the amount of fiber and stuff. Kind of like how when you look up rye bread recipes, they it's all white like white flour, but like three tablespoons of yeah. rye in it. What? And I don't understand that. Oh but um the Flour, if you're going to buy flour, um, really look into the company because it's like the same thing with our oils because you see them, they say like unbleached and, or um, another one that this one is not as commonly like registered, but bromiated. These things um, do the same exact process, but with chemicals to make it go a little bit faster and to look slightly whiter. But if you let her, like, if you're getting your white flour and it's like almost like creamy kind of colored, like uh, King Arthur has uh, creamy because they don't bromiate and they don't um, bleach it. And the stuff they, the chemicals they use to bromiate flour um, is like banned in like almost every other country um, in the world. Wow, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And <laughs> literally, if they just let it sit and age, for a little bit, it'll do the exact same process, but they just want to make money and make it quicker. So they put all these chemicals in our stuff, which they, when they tested the stuff that they do the bromiation with, it like 
exploded the rats like they like ew like um so it's um not safe (laughs) and like you know like where they were storing it so that you know the animals were like getting to it like when they were doing the ports and stuff and that's where the other countries were like let's test this and then they're like okay we gotta like we have to ban this so i and i think it's very interesting that like it's not safe for everywhere else but yet somehow in america everything we eat is that so yeah look for your like non-bromiated and unbleached and do not do the enriched (laughs) yeah right because that will definitely let's see for the mthfr (laughs) um gas and bloating for the gas and bloating that may occur if you're not used to eating fiber then take enzymes with a specific starch and fiber component so if you look in the desk reference for your um, enzymes, there's actually a table just, I mean, you can look other places, I'm sure, but it's easiest in the desk reference where it shows all the enzymes and which, you know, foods it's for breaking down like fats, proteins, carbohydrates, things like that. I should have um, registered that. I thought about that song <laughs> last week because oh! that would be great to include in the enzyme call. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I should have. I should. I yeah. I guess you might have mentioned there. But one thing I found is you can't mention anything too much. You know, even for myself, no, I, I didn't mention because I, I didn't realize that that was the case. So yeah, um, it is easier just to look at the chart. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't even register with me that that they would be there. I was like, how do I bring Young Living enzymes into this? Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And it's definitely great because you can customize the enzymes to get the ones you need. Um, and if you can't have pork, there are some without, like, I think some of them have like pork gelatin in the casing, um, but some don't. So you can check and see which ones if you have an allergy. All right. So got good, but gut bacteria. Someone said butt bacteria. Got good gut bacteria. <laughs> the dangerous statement to make. So your colon contains millions, maybe billions of friendly bacteria. This makes important B vitamins and vitamin K, some enzymes. We did talk about that in an earlier unit, how our body can make some enzymes and further breaks down food into usable nutrients from which our body creates its own natural antibiotics and fights off harmful bacteria. Did anybody notice during all the craziness of 2020, how people were saying, take vitamin K, take vitamin D, eat foods rich in vitamin K, foods rich in vitamin B, vitamin D. Why do you think they were telling you this? So years of high sugar consumption disrupt this balance of bacteria. Of course, everybody wants a get rich quick scheme to fix our years of, you know, being manipulated by food companies and schools and everything. We all want to fix it in, you know, 30 days or less, such is not the case, sadly, but years of this um, high sugar consumption disrupt the balance of bacteria, which eventually leads to an overgrowth of the yeast strain candida albicans. We did talk about a candida cleanse when back when we did the inner transformations book. So if you go to the vimeo.com slash infused oilers, you can (laughs) just give yourself the pure pleasure of re-listening to the candida cleanse discussion it was nothing but tasteful and delightful bacteria and yeast feed on sugar 
so Hannah and I doing gaps again, uh, Sabrina would just hate, hit stage three, which is, you know, glorious. Um, so I already did gaps all the way through to full gaps, but then Hannah got here. So I started over so we could do it together. And, um, she and I both were pretty sure that we're killing off Candida and we both went through a similar thing, me on the first round and her on the second round of like die off symptoms. You know, it almost looked like she had a cold and she was just like exhausted. And I had the same kind of thing. And she, she goes, I just want a bowl of cookies. And that's the candida. She's like, it's the candida talking. I know where, because these bacteria are, they want to feed on a certain thing. So <clears throat> they will make you crave it because then you'll go find it and feed them. So if it helps you mentally, these mental games help me sometimes when I'm like craving it like crazy, I'm like, it's toast friggin' bacteria, not me <laughs> trying to force me to do something I don't want. <laughs> so um, that definitely helps me because y'all know me and my sweet tooth. So eliminating daily sugary foods, which on gaps includes fruit or sweet potatoes, anything starchy can be, you know, sugary. Only having a treat once per week. Sorry for us, it's not, none. <laughs> Um, is a good start. So consume high fiber foods, namely raw vegetables. You won't get those in the first stages of gaps. Um, will help your body to capture and remove some of the excess yeast. So consuming foods high in friendly bacteria, such as miso. We had a miso today. Um, some yogurts and kefir. And then we've been putting sauerkraut juice, not the actual shredded kraut because it's raw cabbage, which are delicate and tender gut is not ready for yet but we're pouring the juice into our bowls of broth after we serve ourselves you know soup the 856th time um so then those help to re-establish good bacteria sabrina's she's walked that road <laughs> oh i'm like i'm feeling you i feel you i feel you on the soup i'm like I, I told my husband yesterday, I was like, if I have to uh, scoop a bowl of chicken soup again, I'm going to just puke in it. <laughs> just done. Becky, are you in my room? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, she also suggests the gut bacterial bounce balancer. Wow. Balancer Rejuvelac, um, that is a wheat-based uh, fermented drink, unless she was talking about a different one that I'm familiar with. And she says it's in the additional recipes. So after you get to end, um, chapter four in unit two. So actually, you pop back here real quick and see. Boom, de boom, de boom. The additional. let's see if that's what it is juvelac yes mason jar wheat various purified water so you're just fermenting them and then you drink the fermentedness so obviously if you can't have wheat that's a no-go <laughs> 
<laughs> but you could make, um, I don't know if you could do water kefir if you were doing a candida cleanse. I don't think you can do kombucha either on a candida cleanse. Um, we certainly can't have it in the beginning of gaps just because um, too risky, too risky. So uh, antibiotics sabotage the colon's good bacteria. They may do their job of killing off harmful bacteria, but most do not discriminate and will also kill off all the good bacteria. Keeping the digestive system clean in top working order will help boost your immune system and the need for antibiotics will be reduced or <laughs> no pun intended, eliminated. <laughs> if you have taken an antibiotic within the past two years or have a colon health issue, supplementing with a good probiotic is a must to reestablish beneficial bacteria, improve digestion and reduce yeast. I have heard that with diligent effort, you can restore your gut from antibiotic dosage after seven years. That's insane because I feel like everybody I know is kids not you guys, obviously, but everybody knows kids gets antibiotics like every year, if not a couple times a year. And I just think to myself, like, they've not even like, first of all, they're feeding them Pop-Tarts in between, you know, it's not like they're like, well, we're on, you know, a uh, gaps, gut sealing protocol. They are, um, like just eating sugar <laughs> in between, you know, it's not even like they're trying to fix them so <clears throat> it was really confusing because last night and today again, um, me and Sabrina's windows line up. And so cars like drive by her window. And so I see the red lights and for a split second, it, it like my brain thinks it's driving by my window, but I'm like, there's no car that happened yesterday too. It was really weird. Um, so you definitely want to supplement with good probiotic. I would say supplement with good probiotic, whether or not you had ever done any of those things. Um, just because it's what Sandra Alex Katz has been calling for years, for years and years and years. She's been calling it the war on bacteria, you know, antibacterial soaps. Okay, so yes, now triclosan has been banned from hand soap. We know this, but we on the inside also know it's in 2000 other common products <laughs> used in America. Um, Y'all know that I will not touch hand soap in a public restroom no way I'd rather just wash my hands with water or not wash them at all which is a terrible thing to say <coughs> but I just said it um I will take the thieves hand sanitizer instead um and my mom actually even brings a little foaming bottle of thieves hand soap with her um and we always have one like if we go to hotels or something then um we bring our own foaming hand soap. We don't use the little poison bars that we put out. <laughs> oh, how jaded we become. But um, the war on bacteria, everything in our world um, sabotages bacterias, the good beneficial bacteria. So foods that are common destroy it. Um, medications, not just antibiotics, but medications as a whole sabotage your gut lining and the healthy bacteria. Um, stress, uh, the way we live our lifestyle, not getting the right amount of sleep, all these things then slathering our body with poisonous soaps. And these things all consist of the war on bacteria. So um, whether we think we have a problem or not, we are all working to restore years, you know, and petrochemical exposure and all this stuff. So we just got to do what we can. So probiotics, greatly help to boost your immune system. There's tons of stuff, like guys, there's studies. I don't even need to tell you. Um, there are studies out there that show us how beneficial it is to take probiotics. I say you need to be taking probiotics and consuming 
probiotic foods, um, probably at every meal if you can, um, and then have probiotic drinks, you know, as your beverages throughout the day. There's lots of yummy ones in the um, nourishing traditions book. <laughs> There's tons and tons, you know, the um, haymakers lemonade or whatever that's called, Sabrina, like that's a probiotic. Um, uh, haymakers punch. Haymakers punch. That's right. Um, any, I did type up a bunch of them if you desperately want them, um, just email me and I will send you those. But the Nourishing Traditions book has an entire section on beverages. Every single one sounds delicious. And the thing is, if you look back in American history or in any other culture in the world, you will find probiotic beverages and drinks everywhere. Like we get botched versions of them, westernized versions of them now, even a lot of countries, a lot of countries like it's popular now to have botched westernized versions of them canned and whatnot. But um, a lot of like the original drinks. Are you happy? Oh. Yeah. Not pull my shirt off on TV, please. Thanks. <laughs> Nathan has done that in the store so many times in the store, just suddenly. Oh. <laughs> you want blackberries? Yeah. Well, we don't got any. So. And a donut. How about blueberries? Yes. Okay, you're gonna have to wait till we're done because now you're up here. All right. So cleansing. Um, our body. We can clean this stuff out. Of course, nothing's better than if we started from childhood. On for goodness, but here we are. So. Um, uh, Deborah Rayburn says, whenever you make a change to healthier eating habits, give your body time to adjust, cleanse, and nourish. A clogged or sluggish colon means less nutrition for the body. 70 to 80% of the immune system is in your digestive tract. It's important that this thing works. Thanks for waving your butt around everywhere. Um, we did talk about this during the colon cleanse video, but... Um, one of the most common cancers in America is colon cancer. 150,000 or more new cases diagnosed yearly, varying from 49,900 to 52,000 annually. I did look it up at the time that we did this and the projected, I don't even know what to say, the projected um, deaths of um, colon cancer from colon cancer this year were 56,000. And just boggles my mind that like, there's something we can do about this. It is so simple as what is being scooped onto our plates. I have two babysitters here and yet I have her. Uh, Becky, she's, she's also yours. She is also yours. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I see you up there. I see you. Oh, where did she go? Keep keep an eye on her eyes. <laughs> All right. So um, supplements, I highly, highly, highly recommend the cleansing trio and the seven day nutritive cleanse from Young Living. That's not listed in this book, but cannot recommend them enough if they're in stock and you want the cleansing trio 
I do suggest just buy like a couple sets of it. When we were unpacking and loading up the canning shelf in the garage, there's one shelf for Young Living Supplements. And I was like, wow, I have like three sets of the cleansing trio. This is awesome because I don't want to run out, you know, before the new goes black, right? And then I was like, oh, wow, here's three more. I kept finding more sets. I was like, this is fantastic. I guess I just kept buying them when they were in stock, you know? <laughs> Listen, that goes out of stock and stays out of stock for a long time. I know. Just get it. When you see it, even if you don't plan to do it right as when you get it, just get it. You have it. So when you're ready to go through it, and also when you decide, like, I'm going to do this tomorrow, you'll have it. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Are you literally okay? No. I didn't think so. All right. Um, Hey, look in that cupboard and see if there's any young living granola. No. Do you want to check? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yo, no, I'm not going to check. All right. So, um, so choosing your probiotics is also important. I mean, it, for me, it's easy because I just go to Young Living. They check all the boxes that I want for everything. So I don't really have to like spend my time calling the company, you know, getting the information that they don't put on the bottles because they're not required to add it or they're not required to be honest about it. Like it is easier to just go get the Young Living stuff, honestly. But um, things that you want to look for is active and viable cultures that are not subject to heat during preparation. So probably the bottle will need to be refrigerated. Um, and that Life9 from Young Living does need to be refrigerated. Do you see a kitty? Clinically proven strains at the proper amounts that do not compete or antagonize one another. Bacteria can fight like betta fish. Strains proven to adhere and colonize in the intestines. And super strains proven to boost immunity, improve nutrient absorption, and relieve bowel distress. So uh, beware of a probiotic that recommends 8, 10, 12 or more daily. Usually two to four specifically formulated capsules. Well done capsules will do. The goal is for the super strains to adhere to the colon wall and promote the development of good bacterial colonies. For taking Life9, yes, those are very cute ones. Can you not take them off, please? Um, For taking Life9, I suggest, um, based on Dr. Ollie's recommendation, take it at nighttime just before bed. And he does say if you're not able to do that just take it whenever you can during the day is better than not taking it at all but a night before bed is a good time just because then it can kind of get into your um colon wall and adhere and all the things it's supposed to do he also says if you're starting out coming from behind the curve which basically all of us are all the time if we live in america sad time then he says you know to start out you can take like just like a handful or a couple you know just to begin and then you can um kind of whittle yourself down so um i don't know what to say about her um there are some discussion questions i'm actually gonna skip them and go straight to the recipe for spice cookies um this is called elimination power um i'll read off the ingredients and then um Elaine, can, do you mind typing this one up or I can type it up also. Um, but I think this is one recipe that would be good to have typed up in the group because it's a really easy one for everybody to do. Um, but you'll use fresh milled whole wheat flour or gluten free or other flour of your choice. Um, Sunflower Mills makes a whole grain gluten free flour that's really yummy and super easy to cook with. Um, I bought a case from Azure because they're on sale from them right now just because they're going out. They're like discontinuing the brand or something. Do you like this? Yeah. 
Is that code for you want attention? Could be. Um, fresh rolled oats, organic crispy rice cereal, baking soda, cream of tartar, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, honey, applesauce, vanilla, prune puree, and raisins or chopped dates. So you make those into kind of like little um, dropper ball cookies and bake those in the oven. That actually sounds delicious, not going to lie. Something to do with being on gaps, I guess. Um, other recipes that you can yeah. um, browse in the book include lemon lime pickles, green smoothie, yeah. chopped lettuce yeah. salad with Mexicali topping, raw shredded vegetable salad, vegetarian shepherd's pie, which I always want to, shepherd's pie technically only refers to <laughs> a meat pie made with lamb and a cottage pie is a meat pie made with beef and I always want to call the vegetarian shepherd's pie a gardener's pie because I'm like come on that's what it is um digestive soup I should actually basically actually basically made that for dinner tonight that's pretty much what we ate I see um rejuvelac and hot blender raw soup and the very final one whole grain cinnamon rolls getting your um, <laughs> fiber in the fun way. <laughs> All right. Um, Any questions? Are you warm? Are you cozy? No. Oh, okay. Mm, questions for Adelaide on our three chats. Becky said, what's up with Adelaide? No, she seems fine. Um, but she, yeah, she just woke up from it. Oh, yeah, she just woke up from a two-hour nap. Um, presumably because she was up so many times, as I told you, during the night. Do not unbutton my shirt. No. Awkward. No. <laughs> um, if you watch the replay and you have questions for us, just remember... Um, fantastic book from Deborah Raber, Nutrition 101 is Live. And shoot us your questions. Mommy, so we can that's try. Awesome.